Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help, prayer of any kind, or if you give your life to the Lord today, send us an email at church@thecrossing.cc. We would love to hear from you so a member from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. Thank y'all so much. Welcome to all of y'all, everybody watching us online. Gang, we, we love having you with us as well. And I've got to start by just thanking everybody. Last week was just a banner, banner week. More people on this campus than we've ever had. And it's a lot of it because you guys held babies and opened doors and parked cars and ran cameras and all kinds of service things that you did, worked the desk, gave out books, prayed with people. So I'd like to just honor every single person who served last week. Can we just honor all of those, those great volunteers, great serving people? Nothing. I tell you, nothing, nothing happens without all of the stuff that isn't up on this platform. Thank God for the great gifts and talents that are, that are up here. Uh, but man, I just can't thank you guys enough and uh, so thankful for all the salvations. And I hope we've got some folks that decided, you know what, joined you for Easter. Let's give you another chance. And I bet I got more folks uh, watching me online. So anyway, I know who you are. I can see you actually. So uh, I also want to say this, if you're new to the crossing or if, you, if you're not new, but you, don't, you haven't really gotten plugged in, next week we're having Next Steps. Next Steps is a class right after the second service. We'll have lunch and then we'll take you through real quickly how to be a member. More than that, how to get integrated, you know, how to get involved, how to get on the field. You know, if you're kind of sitting in the stands and thinking, man, I want to get in the middle of this thing. You come to Next Steps right after second service next week. The food's good. This isn't cheap food now. This will be good food. We're going to take good care of you, and uh, you'll be inspired walking out of that, that class next week. So Next Steps next week. And uh, look, I'm fired up and ready to go. we got to get on into this. So have a new series we're starting today called Sound Doctrine. Sound Doctrine. Now, I know, yeah, I know now for some of you, you go... Is it about me? <laughs> uh, I want you to know I've got a couple of things. Uh, let, let me read my scripture because this scripture's just been sitting in my head since we crossed into the new year. And uh, so I'm loaded up and I got, I got way more sermon than you got time. So uh, we're going to get as much of it in and then I'll, I'll pick up here. But this is out of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, starting with verse 12. And because it's doctrine now, gang... Uh, let me let me help you. I, I will never apologize for reading a lot of scripture, but I do have to prepare you. We're going to read read eleven whole verses. I know this is a stretch, but I just bet you can take it. All right, we've got to be able to read the Bible. Second Timothy three twelve says, "In fact, now, now here this is a Paul." giving Timothy final instructions. Paul is going to lose his head. I mean, literally, he knows he's about to be martyred any minute. They're going to come knocking on his jail cell. Paul knows it, and this is the last thing he's telling anybody. He's basically saying, now, if you can think about it, you're trying to pour into somebody, look, I'm dying in the next day or two or hour or two. Timothy, you focus on what I'm saying. So it's one of those moments, and he's talking, he's talking military talk. This is a battle. 
you get your battle mind on. You hear me? This, this is the tone. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, how many of you want to live a godly life in Christ? Yes. Guess what? You will be persecuted. Aren't you, aren't you happy? While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue on in what you've learned and have become convinced of. Stay with that because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. On to chapter four. So then in the presence of God and of Christ, Jesus who will judge the living and the dead, so in light that there is a judgment day coming, and in view of his appearing, in other words, it could happen at any time, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. There is our, our, our title for our series. There's coming a time when men will not put up with sound doctrine. And I have news for you. We're there. We are completely here. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head. I love that because Paul's going to literally lose his head. But I just think that's, hey, Timothy, keep your head in all situations Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. Gang, I want to talk to you and call, call us all up. All up. All of you are soldiers. If you gave your life to Christ last week, guess what? We need you to be a soldier, and especially during this season. Becoming very aware that uh, we've spent a, a whole lot of years uh, a lot of, and I've, 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 I have found that you guys know I'm very transparent with you and I'm transparent about my weaknesses, challenges, struggles, because I know this, it is a comforting thing. Cause when I listen to ministers and they say, Hey, I've struggled here or I failed there. There's something in me that's very comforted by that. And that's a good thing. And, and we should be comforted. However, <laughs> uh, I, I, I am discovering and we are discovering that that can sound like permission to stay there. You tracking with me? It can sound like, listen, be comforted. Look, we all men struggle with that. And also just be comforted. No. I mean, yes, be comforted. But the point isn't for us to sit around for 20 years and just be a bunch of comforted Christians, but not moving. <laughs> this is a call to be soldiers. And so I want to always be very transparent with you so that you realize, oh, he's a man too, I'm a, uh, he, I get it. But please don't ever interpret it as we're going to stay there. 
I want you to hear this from Pastor Randy. I am an overcomer. I am, a, I, I am more than a conqueror. Uh, I, I take a shot in the chin now and then, and sometimes I fall, but I don't stay down. I don't stay down long at all. I'm coming back up. You are going to limp away from this fight. And uh, it's that kind of a thing. So I want you to hear the, the tone. And when we talk about sound doctrine, it's, I'll tell you that I've, I've got two concerns, two major concerns. And uh, the first one is the culture that we're living in. It's the attack on the Bible, the attack on truth. I'll run this quite quick. This is not new news to anybody here. But uh, there's an attack on sound doctrine. We are where the Holy Spirit said we would be. A time will come where people don't want to hear it. Not only do they want to hear it, they don't accept it. They actually attack it. Uh, the, the, the Bible, the Word of God is under attack. The current spearhead has to do, in our culture, the current spearhead has to do with uh, the sex, sexual identity issues, homosexuality, transgenderism, all of those things. And I want you to hear something. Now, hear me. The Bible is not unkind, but it's not unclear. It's not unkind. I, I could not have more compassions for any individual struggling with anything. I, and it, and this, uh, the sexual identity thing has been, been made just this loud thing. And the deception, remember the scripture said, there's going to be evil men, imposters, and deceivers. The deception, what is deception? Deception is like 85% good stuff, 90% good solid stuff with just a little hook of non-truth. And what has happened, and, and we're, in, we're dealing with a spirit of antichrist in the culture that's very sharp. And in the name of compassion, the Bible is being come against the truth of Scripture. Please hear me. Uh, you know, you should be compassionate. Please hear me. I, I could say, you know, I got, so I got my son. Dallas is here. And I'm picking on him, but he is a type A. Uh, the reason you would know he's a type A and all type A's are type A's because type A's tell you they're type A's. <laughs> in the first eight seconds of talking to them, yeah, and, I'm, and I'm not picking on Dallas because I just looked down at sewing. But here's the thing. For, so let me talk to all my type A's. Uh, and, and, and I know exactly who you are. Thank you for telling me. Uh, <laughs> usually a type A will tell you I'm a type A because they're making, they're giving themselves a break for something they're doing wrong. They'll say this. Look, I know I'm bossy, but I'm a type A. Look, I know I'm impatient. And I can't stand people who are late but it's because I'm a type A. Look, it, the, the sound is this. Look, I was born this way. God made me this way. Hold it. In the same way that I could say, you know what? I'm, I'm born a certain way and I got certain propensities. I do. And the fact that I'm working on them, it doesn't mean though that we change what the word of God says about it. I still have to turn and go that way. All my type A's, I know you honk your horn. You honked your horn at somebody on the way to church today. You've already been rude, and you already bumped somebody. Said that's because I'm a type A. Look, that's that's fan. I get it. I get it. We're all working on stuff, but here's what we can't do. We can't say, well, the Bible then has to now adjust to me because I'm a type A. No, you say even if I was born a type A, 
It doesn't change the fact that the Bible says I've got to turn toward being patient and kind and loving. I've got to adjust to it. I can't ask it to adjust to me. Next week, next week, we're going to go through some basic doctrines. Next week, Pastor Christine is going to be taking on repentance. I'll tell you the bottom line of repentance. Once the Bible makes something clear, I don't ask it to come to me. I turn and go to it. That's what repentance is, just plain and simple. And be it sexual identity, transgenderism, any of those things. I could not have more compassion. But what we can't do in the name of compassion is say, we must change what the Bible has said. Sound doctrine is clear. And in a season when things are not clear, there's confusion everywhere. You as believers, some of you are KGO veterans and you're going, oh, we're going to go over these basics. Hey, we are standing on a foundation. You know what? It's not terribly (laughs) exciting, but if there's a crack in this foundation, all these walls are going to start cracking. We need this foundation. And so we're going to spend the next four to five, maybe six weeks going over foundational doctrine so that we can all know and 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 you're gonna I want you to say to yourself every night when you watch the news and it's coming really strong and convincing uh, against something you believe you say to yourself I am not unclear I'm not unclear I'm not the one confused and so all right so the scripture says so so the first thing is the attack on the word the scripture says there will be deceivers deception is just uh, s- s- someone coming trying to uh, make you believe something that isn't true. Deception comes. Uh, evil men. Evil means this, that the agendas are unapologetic. There's agendas in the media, agendas in politics, agendas in our government, agendas in entertainment, in media, all outlets. There are some very evil people. In other words, they're, they're, their agenda is, is clear. They want the church, the Bible, and truth out. And there's a full-on attack. And we got to accept the day we live in. That's, that's evil men that I just read about. There was also something called imposters. What's an imposter? Imposters in the day we're standing in, it's men and women. And please hear me. I'm saying I've got an intensity about me because it's, we got to talk. It's, you know, if, if we were on a cruise ship church, I'd talk a certain way. But since it's in, we've had to change a cruise ship into a battleship, and that's the move that all the church is trying to figure out right now. We got to talk like soldiers to one another. We got to be a little more candid, a little more straight. There are men and women in pulpits today, and because of esteem issues or just the desperation to be liked or accepted by this culture, they are trying to move and manipulate what, what is sound doctrine and make it accommodate the desires of of our culture to say, make my sin out of, in the name of compassion. Tell me my sin is okay. And there are men and women who are really struggling under that pressure. Don't just beat them up, pray for them. I mean, there's people that I come in here, there's, there's public ministers that I, I hear about and I come in here and I pray for them by name. My part of me wants to ring, want to go, come on, man, preach the word. That's what it says. I get it. They're under pressure. I'm under pressure to concede and bow down and bend. Compassion does not mean, if you're a doctor and your patient has a sickness, compassion doesn't say because it'll hurt their face. You still got to tell them they're sick. 
You got to tell them, this is what we got to do. We're trying to get you well. So imposters, deceivers, attack on the Bible. My first concern is the attack on the word of God. The second uh, concern I have is the lack of biblical literacy in believers. Our lack of biblical knowledge in uh, us as believers. Not sure how, I, I got ideas as to how it happens. I, I, I don't even have time to explore it. I just, I just know uh, York and I have had some time talking about it, talked to a number of folks. I just can tell, there's, there's a lack of interest in the Bible and uh, sort of kind of take it or leave it approach to the Bible. And I think because there's just so stinking much stuff to put your mind and eyes on, we're not, we're not reading the Bible. I've got to challenge you. There's no, uh, I got no tricky, new, cool, hip way to do it. Uh, it's, you got to open it. You got to read it. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you any different. You got to, there are some things that without some discipline, you're not going to get any stronger and you're not going to get any better. And to stand strong in this time where we're, we're going to get, if you want to live godly, that's what we started with. You're going to get persecuted. You got to just own it right now. Just man up, woman up right now and say, there's some things I've got to do to make sure that I don't get confused. And one of them is, I mean, one of the things I do, and I'm just trying to think, how can I make it easy? I was like, well, I'm always trying to think of ways to make something easy. It's like, you know what? If it's hard but worth doing, do it. Just do it. Uh, I, I will say on the way to work every, almost every morning, I hit my Bible app and put it on audio and listen to it. So if that helps you, but at some point you gotta cut the TV off, read the Bible. You gotta put down your phone, read the Bible. You gotta do something, but you gotta read your Bible. And uh, we're gonna do some things in the fall. We're gonna help you with, with all the things we can do to help you get around in your Bible. I realize it's a big book and it can be complicated and all that, but we're gonna help you. But you, you got to know the truth or you will be fooled during this time. So those are my two concerns, and that's what we're going after during this, uh, during this series. The second thing, the Scripture says that men will turn, turn away to myths, to myths. I could list ten myths. I'm going to list three real quick. Uh, myth number one that, that we're turning to, and that is human reasoning has surpassed the relevancy of God's Word. Human reasoning. Uh, there's this sense that we're smarter than God, and now that we're in the computer age, he probably has to have some teenage angel show him how to use his phone. I mean, there's this idea that we've now become smarter than God, and he's archaic. Don't kid yourself. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. This arrogance, the Scripture says this, and I, I won't beat these to death. Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man in his head, but the end of it is death. I simply want to s s say this. Smart as we may think we are, as advanced as we may think we are, uh, God's, God laughs at the smartest human who thinks they're too smart for God. If you do things God's ways, they work. If you do them any other way, they will not work. The end thereof is death. I want to encourage you to, without reservation, Put your feet on solid ground and realize God's smarter than I am. If he says something I disagree with, I don't ask him to change to be like me. I, I repent, which means I change my mind and I go toward him. He is smarter than I am. Myth number one, 
We are not smarter than God, and he is not old and archaic and still, you know, chiseling his thoughts on a stone. God is quite brilliant. Number two, myth number two, it is all about me, just saturated within our culture. And I honestly believe one of the challenges that we have is that guys like me, and I'll own this, and uh, just all of us, we, we, just the last 20 years, we have recognized just how self-obsessed and just just focused on us, all of humanity seems to be. So we've been preaching at it. You know, it's not about you. It's about your feelings. It's about your thoughts. It's all about you. We even got worship songs built on it. Uh, we got to walk through our, our songs. I don't think we sing any of them. Uh, but I can just tell you, there's just been a bent toward it's just all about you and me and how I feel. And you feel just an obsession. And we need to look at the Bible and realize the Bible actually speaks to it. It's a subtle thing. And it's, it's, in the Bible, it's called Babylon or the spirit of Babylon. It's a cultural mentality. And I'll show you where Babylon got born. And that's, it's this heightened worship of self. Uh, Babylon was born in Genesis 11. And this is, this, is, this is the sound of Babylon, and we hear it today. Genesis 11, 4 says, And they all came and said, Come, let us build our, ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Uh, look at these words. Are they up there? Let us make a name for ourselves. That's the birthplace of Babylon and the Babylon spirit. Let us make a name for ourselves. Man, if we are ever taking selfies and posting us on everything and trying to put us on filters and make a name for ourselves, I tell you, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody. I looked at my Facebook picture and I thought, man, my friends from high school are going to look at that and go, man, he raised the white flag. And uh, I got this beautiful wife and then this old man stands like, is that his daughter or his wife? And it's like, it's painful for us all. But this self-obsession, that, that, this is one of the myths that we're dealing with. And we can think that God's just sitting around worried, sick about all these things that we're worried about, about us. He's not. He's not. I hate to bust anybody's bubble. These are the characteristics of the Babylonian spirit. Obsession with self-importance and self-worship. Obsession with self-exaltation. Obsession with luxury and wealth. Obsession with sex and immorality. Uh, arrogance and superiority. Witchcraft, magic, and occult practices. And I've not developed this into some full teaching. I'm just taking these from different places in Scripture. But what I just described to you was the American culture to the T. Obsession with self, obsession with wealth, obsession with sex, obsession with superiority and arrogance. Isaiah 47, God speaks to Babylon, says, For I was angry with my chosen people and punished them by letting them fall into your hands. You guys, many of you know the history of Israel and that God said, Look, I'm going to use the Babylonians and let them come upon you. Well, this culture is what came upon them. I want you to think about the American culture. In Romans chapter 1, if you're looking for a New Testament uh, version of this, and I'm going to just take notes. I want you to come to these services and take notes because i got too much. I can't stop every time. But in Romans 1, God says the same thing in the New Testament to, to, to culture. And he says this, uh, the wrath of God is revealed because you knew me. 
and you knew I was right here, but you rejected the knowledge of God to worship the creature instead of the creator. And because you've done it, I'm going to, my wrath's not coming down on you like in the Old Testament. I'm going to lift my hand off of you and I'm going to back out of the way. The passive wrath of God. And I'm going to let you think you're as superior as you think you are. I'm going to let you think you're as smart as you think you are. And I'm going to let that take, I'm going to let you go to, to, the, to the end of my absence. I'm not going to have to punish you. I'm going to let the, the punishment is I'm not going to stop you from your ignorance. And we are watching our nation. Some of you are this age. You remember the old America. I mean, some of us had one foot in a different America than the one we're living in right now. It's never going back. Short of an amazingly miraculous, powerful revival, the nation has gone over an edge culturally, culturally in the thinking. And it's very Babylonian and obsessed with it. Here's what God says, speaking to Babylon. But you, Babylon, showed no mercy. You oppressed even the elderly, verse 7 of Isaiah 47. You said, I will reign forever. Look at this. this you, you said, I'll reign forever as queen of the world. There's no stopping me. You did not reflect on your actions or think about their consequences. Gang, that is, that is the mentality of your B-flat American right now. Listen to this, you pleasure-loving kingdom. Living at ease and feeling secure. We're too big to fail. Have you heard that? Our economy's too big to fail. You pleasure-loving, feeling secure. You say, I'm the only one and there is no other. This is the sound of Babylon. This is the sound of the mentality. Who, who, who's, who's, who else said, I am the only one and there is no other? Can you think of somebody else in the Bible? God Almighty said, I am the only one. And there is no other. There is no other God like me. When, when mankind begins to elevate and say, we don't need God, we're, we're equal to or even superior to. That's the sound of Babylon. That's the sound of a culture who has said, we don't need you, God. We will be our own gods. Continue on. I am and there is no other. I will never be a widow or lose my children. Well, both of these things will come upon you in a moment widowhood and the loss of your children. Yes, these calamities will come upon you despite all your witchcraft and your magic. And by the way, get the witchcraft and the magic out of your houses. Just get it out of your houses. I mean, any toying with anything, don't sage your kitchen. Get that junk out. That's voodoo. Get that junk out of your house. Don't toy with it. Get it out of your houses. Uh, Revelation 18 is when the judgment comes upon this spirit and comes upon this world. And again, read Revelation 17 and 18. You see that God does away with Babylon. One of the things though in Revelations 18, and I'm not even into my sermon yet, so that's why I'm moving quickly. Revelations 18, four, he says this to us. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, as judgment's coming on Babylon, to my people, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, lest you receive her plagues. If there's a word of God for his church right now, the mixture and the dancing with and trying to figure out some way to come to peace with the spirit of Babylon, we're, not, we're in it, but we're not of it. And Jesus is saying to us, come out of that. 
Cleanse your minds, your hearts. Be Christians or don't, but stop dancing. Put your foot one place or the other, and that's why I'm preaching this series. I want us to understand what does it mean to be a Christian? What does a Christian believe? Without reservation, I believe the following, and you put your feet down on what you believe. Clears up a whole lot of things. Come out of her, my people. Myth number three, and I gotta move quickly. Personal feelings are to be considered equal or superior to the word of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Personal feelings. Uh, it, the, the scripture says this about our feelings, and I know, and, and gang, the biggie here, and this is the, this is the easy one. Again, I lived in a, in a logical, rational America. Some of you haven't. Some of you haven't lived, lived long enough. It's not a shame on you. I'm just saying about, about every year, I'll see something on the news and I'll say this, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. There is not a way on this planet Americans are gonna stand for that. I remember when Governor Brown in California, God bless the California, uh, thank God, we saved one. We saved a California. <laughs> Governor Brown said, we're passing a law that's gonna allow men who think that they're women to go into women's bathrooms. When I, when I heard that, I said, there is not a way on this planet we'll burn this country down. If a man goes in a bathroom after my wife is in that bathroom, if I don't go to jail, it'll be a miracle. How is anybody going to stand? All the local pastors, we all met, and Target was the first one to say, yeah, rah, rah, we're in it. So we said, well, we're going to tell our churches, we are not shopping at Target if you're going to let men go in women's bathrooms. It was a big, big deal. You know what? That's almost small I mean, now we have them in high schools. And the logic, do you know where the word logic comes from? It comes from the word logos. It means the word of God. Really true logic, not all logic, but true logic is what God says is right. His ways. Oh my God. You've got girls in high schools who have been sexually assaulted. Like you could have predicted with just a tiny little brain, just a little bit of brain, you could have said, yeah, any guy that says, yep, I identify as a girl, so I'm gonna go in the girl's bathroom. Can you not put one and one together and say it's two? How hard is this? And now we've had girls in high schools assaulted in their bathrooms because of the idiocy of this. And, the, and that's, I can't believe I'm having to say these things. But it's the, it's the confusion and the levels of confusion. And to see the numbers of people that are like, oh, yes, in the name of compassion. It's like, hey, we can be compassionate toward the individual, but we cannot, as the scripture says, keep your head. Keep your head, for God's sake. I can't believe we're having, anyway. Seriously, I just can't believe this. So feelings, we've, we've ignited these feelings, and one of them is, that we are now, and again, this is one of those moments where, where we say, is, is this happening? Where we've got parents who are asking their four and five-year-old child, do you feel like a boy or a girl? This is absurd. This is crazy. And yet, because we've exalted feeling above the word of God and science, Think about it. It's absurd. Yes. And we're living 
in a day where if somebody feels something, this is what the scripture says, and this is why we're feeling it in this land. Judges 21, 25, and Judges is all about, they go up and down and up and down and up and down. Chaos, God raises up a judge for a short time, things are okay. Chaos, Judges multiple times throughout it. This is Judges 21, 25, says, at that time, there was no king in Israel and people did whatever they felt like doing. At that time, there was no king in Israel, and people did whatever they felt. At this time in America, there is no King Jesus, and people do whatever they feel like doing. And it leads to what the Scripture says it leads to. Man might think he's smart in his mind, but the end thereof is destruction and chaos. The chaos we're feeling in this land, it isn't going to be solved by a better president or getting the Republicans back in or all the things that we just have so much hope in. It comes down to us standing our ground and praying for revival. It comes by returning Jesus Christ to his rightful place as king. Therefore, now we begin and I'll, it's time to quit. I needed to get this intro out here. You need to know what's driving this sound doctrine. Hebrews 5, chapter 12. Oh, I'm fired up. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers. This, uh, I think Paul, but anyway, the writer of Hebrews. You need someone else to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature. Here's how you become mature, who by constant use, everybody say constant use. Not a Sunday high, not I read a book, and who, not a tweetable moment. You take the truth, you believe the truth, and every day you work at it. By constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from Israel. Gang, in this moment we're standing in, I, I think as well, we might be a little taken by, you know, tweetable moment highs. Somebody turns a phrase real good and we go, oh, that felt good. Well, we don't do it. The other side of knowing your Bible, do it. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to practice it. Pastor, I'm not good at it. Me neither. I get a little better every day and get a little better every day, but I'm practicing. You practice it. And I'm training myself. And I still got a long way to go. But if you don't start, yeah. okay, let's keep going. Therefore, let us leave. This is chapter 6 of Hebrews. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again. Now, he's fussing at them. and I'm not fussing. I'm saying we got to go back to these foundations. This is what we'll be talking about for the next number of weeks. Laying a foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death, or repentance from dead works. That'll be next week. Um, repentance from dead works. Faith in God. Instructions about baptisms. We'll have a week on that. Laying on of hands. What does that mean? The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These six things, and I'll add a couple of more to them, but these are going to be foundational doctrines that we talk about God permitting, we will do so. Repentance from dead works, faith in God, baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. I would. All right, I'm, I'm going to do one thing, okay, because this is an easy one. It's an easy one. We're going to call it 
But this week, y'all get in your Bibles, all right? The resurrection of the dead. I'm doing that one because last week we spent three services. And uh, last week, and I'm just going to have to ask you to go back and look at what we talked about. One of these foundational things. Now, what, what do you mean foundational doctrines? It means to be Christian means we believe without reservation the following things. I'm going to give you in these. I'm going to shoot you a bottom line on them so that you understand what, what we're saying here. But I'm starting at the bottom simply because we, we, we did this last week, and, it, and I knew, I, would, I, knew it was going to, I was going to burn all my time on the front end. Uh, but did y'all get something from that? Please tell me. You understand the reason that we did that. So the resurrection of the dead. Let me hit it here. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 and 18 says... And we tell you this directly from the Lord. So take this serious. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are, are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will all be with the Lord forever. So encourage one another with these words. Now, we don't have to agree on what the catching up is, all right? We would call it the rapture of the church. We would teach it one way. Uh, foundational doctrine isn't, de isn't determining whether we're all gonna actually hear a trumpet or we all gonna go up and all. There's all kinds of, here's what, here's, here's the doctrine. You're, right now, you live in a body. This body is, it started, it will stop. But you won't. You have a spirit on the inside of you. Those who die before Christ returns, their spirit, our spirit, will leave our body. You will never, listen to me, to be Christian is to know this, you will never die. You're going to live for eternity, one of two places. You are either going to live for eternity with God in heaven because you've received Jesus, or your spirit is going to leave your body and you're going to live in hell for eternity without God. That, to be Christian, is to know and believe without reservation how you get in and out, when all the judgments happen, and exactly, we don't have to agree on that. But at the bottom line, we do have to understand this. This is what the scripture says in, in 2 Corinthians. It says, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in these bodies, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. That's that fuzzy, I mean, we, that we can read about the love of God, but we can't fully experience it in this body. This thing just keeps us pulled down. But when we leave this body, everybody, and again, re reference last week's message, all the, the near-death experiences, there's been 900 scholarly, scientific studies. This, this isn't Christian biased. This is science interviews with people who have left their body in near-death experiences. And the, the evidence is overwhelming. In fact, uh, you, uh, undeniable and I'm not even talking you need any faith. Just if you interview, if you got five eyewitnesses to something, you got a pretty closed case. You got thousands and thousands all over this planet 
who have left their body and tell you the same thing, you will leave this body. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For we walk by faith. We are confident of this, yes, well pleased, that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. The bottom line of this particular doctrine of, of, of uh, resurrection from the dead is one way or the other, either Jesus is going to come and you're going to meet him, or at death, your spirit is going to get up out of this body and just keep on going. The essence of who you are will never, ever, ever die. It's going to be in one of two places. To be Christian is to not question that. I mean, question it, wrestle it, but at the end of the day, that's what the Bible teaches us. That's going to, that's an is. It's not debatable without reservation. I believe this. What does that mean for me, Pastor? This one simple doctrine, what, what does it mean? It means that you and I don't live like everybody else. We live with an eternal perspective. Amen. That's what that means. When you get out of bed tomorrow, if you're having a really cruddy day, here's the, here's the peace you can have. You know what? This ain't going to last forever. I will leave this body. You know, if you're not happy with, with your body and you can't afford to get, you know, height and tight and white and bright or light and anything, that you just can say that, hallelujah, one day I'll have a new body because I'm dropping this one. There's a whole lot of ways to grab peace, but here's what we do know now, gang. This is what it does. As you walk every day as well, and we're going to get to eternal judgments the next time I get to preach. And I'm ready to go, man. I'm having, I told Christine, I'm jealous because she's preaching on repentance. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that one too. But she's going to kill it. But uh, when we talk about eternal judgments, here's the other thing we live with. You will one day, because your spirit's eternal, you will deal with God face to face in judgment. You will. I will. We will give an account for how we've lived our lives down here. We will face one judgment that determines whether we go to heaven or hell. It's called the great white throne judgment. Everybody's in that line. Every human that was ever born goes in that line. There is a book and there are books. And you can find this in, in Revelation 20. And I'm, I'm getting way ahead. I'm, I'm out. So let me, let me get this done and I'm gonna let you go. The books are the works of all humans. You do not wanna be in the line when they say, what's your name? That's Randy Harvey. They're going to check the book, which is called the book of life. And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, they're going to push that one aside and go, then let's look at the books, plural. And every deed that you've done, you will be given a punishment. God's just in accordance with having rejected Jesus and the evil you've done. All right. I'll talk more about that. You as believers, though, if your name is found written in the book, they're going to say, okay, you can go sit in the lounge and play on your phone. We're going to call you back. We're going to get right back to you. And then you're going to hear, send in Harvey, send in Harvey. Ding, ding, Harvey. I'll just be happy I made it past that first. But all believers will come to the judgment seat of Christ where you and I, the, the first one has to do with what Jesus did. The second judgment has to do with what you did. Okay, just, I say that both as an encouragement, but 
Pastor, don't make us feel uncomfortable. No, feel uncomfortable. Man, we are so afraid of tension and somebody telling us what to do and having to be accountable. We will be accountable to God. So live like it now. Live like it now. All right, I'll get to that later. So, okay, thank you for hearing all this. I need to get this off my chest, guys. And I'm excited for you. You are soldiers. You're not babies. You are soldiers. And we are in wartime. So act like it, all right? You, you got this. We, we're not just survivors and we're not just comforted. We are overcomers. So if you're fighting sin today, be comforted that we're all fighting something. But don't let the comfort make you interpret it. It's okay to stay there. No, overcome it. Let's, we're overcomers. So let's, everybody feeling this? I want everybody stepping up. I need to step up. I'm stepping up. Let's all step up. All right. You can bow your heads, please. I'd like... Need some music so this sounds more spiritual. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, just real quick. Gang, if you are unclear about how you're going to fare when you face the book and the books, if you're unclear, that day will come. There's no getting around it. I'm saying this with intensity because it needs to be said with intensity. You're responsible for your life and you will. This is a foundational Christian doctrine. You and I, every human, will give an account for your life. If you want to be in the book, that would be the book of life, you have to receive Jesus. He pays for everything that you've done that would show up in the books. And it's actually pretty easy. You humble yourself and recognize you're not good enough to stand before God and be accepted into heaven. But because of Jesus, if you'll receive him, you can be. If you'll humble yourself, just accept Jesus today. I'm gonna lead the whole church in a prayer. And if today you're unclear as to whether you are saved or not, if you'll receive Jesus... As your Savior, if you'll receive him today, you'll be saved and your name will go in the book and the first judgment will be handled. Let's do that together. Everybody praying after me. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you and I'm fully responsible. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He lived for me, he bled for me, and he died for me to pay for my sin. You raised him from the dead, and I receive Jesus Christ. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. I'm all yours. Do anything you want with my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God. Praise God, looking right up here at me. Everybody, if you just gave your life to Christ, in two weeks we're having baptisms. You be a part of that baptism. That's the first thing we need you to do, all right? Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing to our YouTube channel. You can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc. 
Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.